0: Welcome to the Realtor Success Strategies Podcast. Still not used to saying that. I'm your host, Tabitha Richardson, aka the Real Estate Vaddy, And today we are going to talk about transitioning from being on a team to becoming a solo agent. Lately, I've been hearing so many people talk about either going on a team or coming off of a team and becoming a solo agent. So I figured let's talk about it. So let's jump right into it. All right. Now, first and foremost, if you don't know what a team is, let's break that down. Teams have become so popular these days. I think when I first started in real estate, I'm not even sure there really were teams like that, or maybe I just didn't know about teams, but right now it's like every other person is starting a team. So let's talk about the different types of teams that you can start to see if starting a team or figuring out what type of team you are on to determine, like, are you ready to go solo? Alrighty, so the first type of team we're going to talk about is the dynamic duo. And I call it that because it's usually made up of two people. A lot of times it's a husband and wife team, and they've just decided they wanted to form a team together. And they're looked at as like one person. All of the revenue gets paid to them as like one person. Everything that they do is identified as the team. So that's usually good for husband and wife teams. Um, Sometimes you have two friends that might come together and want to form a team. And I call that a team bestie. So you don't want to be out in these mean real estate streets by yourself. And you found someone that you want to just share in the responsibilities with. And so you form a team. But usually in that team setting, uh, each agent, they get their own commission based off of their own production. They generally don't Um, have any different splits or they take from the other person. Although you can do it where you are kind of looked at as one as well, the team bestie situation and all of the income is split up, regardless of who made it, they split everything 50-50. Sometimes that can work. Sometimes it may not work. You have to just evaluate your situation to see what is best for you and your team member. Then the third one would be team as a ceo as i call it so you are a team however you're really like a team of one with support staff and you don't have anyone under you you don't have like any buyers agents or anyone that helps listing agents i'm sorry listing uh agents who help sellers you really is just you, and then your support staff, like a transaction coordinator, your assistant um, admin, uh, an inside sales associate, a marketing person, um, and again, you can have some showing agents to help you. But your showing agents don't take a part of your split. You usually just pay them to show houses for you when you're not available that helps you kind of be in more than one place at one time. So that's like a team as a CEO. You're the CEO and you have supporting staff around you to help you scale your business. And then the last one is a team leader. And you have one person that is responsible for the team, they're the team leader, and then you have agents and support staff that work under you. So those are the four different types of teams. Now there could be some other team models out there that are newer that I'm not aware of, but these are the ones that I'm pretty familiar with. So how does a team work? Because some people are just really not sure how a team works. Let's talk about the dynamic duo. Like I said, you're two people usually working as one person. You've seen those yard signs where it's like the husband and wife in the same picture and they're a team. They might split up responsibilities. Maybe one person does more admin. The other person uh, talks to uh, their clients more. They kind of work to their strengths in that team and they split all revenue that comes in. It's not, oh, well, you close this deal, so that's your revenue, and I close this deal, and that's my revenue. No, everything gets split 50-50. They're actually just paid as one person, and how they uh, split up their finances beyond that is up to them. Then you have your team bestie, right? So like we said, the two people who come together and they form a team, Each has their own business, so they're not combining their business at all. They're just coming together to be real estate besties and to fight the main streets of real estate together. They can have supportive staff that they potentially will split the cost of their supportive staff between the two of them, but ultimately, they're really working as two individuals on a team together. And now the CEO, the team as a CEO, like I said, it's one person. They don't have any other team members. They may have support staff and they may have showing agents. All the revenue comes to them and then they pay their support staff um, below them. That team structure works really well for some people because not everyone wants to be a leader. Not everyone wants to be in a leadership position of having to direct other people under them. And they just want to be responsible for their own production and just growing their own production as big as they can. But they need support staff in order to be able to do that. Because as one person, you just can't do everything um, yourself and you need some help. And then the team leader, we talked about this, is just one person that oversees multiple agents. The team leader is usually responsible for generating the leads of the team. And I feel like this is an area that kind of gets blurry in a lot of teams. And I feel like a lot of teams come together, a team leader just... To say they have a team, but they are not generating enough leads to feed all of the members on their team. And that is usually the role of the team leader is to generate enough leads for your agents under you to be able to consistently work and earn a good income on your team. If they're not doing that, then uh, most likely people on your team are going to eventually want to leave when they start building up their own network and all transactions that are under a team leader situation usually are under the team leader's name so if you are a team member under a team all the transactions that you do will fall under that team members that team leader's name so if someone were to look up your name in the mls to see what your production is it might not show anything because nothing is under your name. So you are building up the team and the team leader, but you're not building up yourself. And it's, it's only right if that team leader is the one that has generated all of the leads and you're servicing the leads for them, then it's only right. Now, some team structures do allow their team members, if they generate leads themselves, that those will go under their own name and those leads that they generate themselves may have a different split so let's talk about split um, since we're here under this team leader structure when you are under a team and the team leader generates the leads and you work the leads that the team leader has generated generally speaking they're going to fall under a 50 50 split or 60 40 split depending on the structure of that particular team Every team can be different. There's no um, exact way that it needs to be done. There's no requirements on what the split needs to be. Every team can make the rules of their team and decide what commission structures they'll uh, implement under their team. And if you do generate your own leads, then some teams do allow you to have a higher split on the leads that you generate yourself. Some teams, everything is just under that 50-50, regardless if you um, generate that lead yourself or not. So it's very important if you are on a team or you are thinking about going on a team to really understand the terms of uh, that team agreement and how your own personal sales will look. Will you generate your own leads and also in your MLS show those leads under your name? Maybe it might just be a different split. All right, so let's talk about defining what being on a team is. And we already talked about the lead generation aspect of it, and your team leader should be generating the leads for the team. If you're on a team and you're generating all of your own leads and you really don't get any leads from the team leader, you kind of have to ask what is the purpose for you being on the team? Now, your purpose could be. You know, you want to feel that community feel. You want the support. You um, want the processes and systems that have been implemented on that team and you feel comfortable on the team and that's fine. But just knowing what your reason is for being on the team is important. Now, some teams don't really want the agents generating their own leads. And on some teams, you don't really have to generate your own leads because there are so many leads coming in from the team leader that you just don't have to. And that's like the best type of team to be on. Some people feel like, well, I don't want to be on a team because I don't want like that lower split. But if you're not good at generating your own leads, making something is better than making nothing. And there's a lot of team people, team members on high producing teams that are making six figures a year. And I have seen where people go off of a team and they try to go solo and they just don't make it on their own because they've never really truly learned how to generate leads on their own. So if you are thinking about going solo, there's some things that you do need to think about before you do that and decide, like, is this really right for you? Now, there are advantages of being on a team for people that are newly licensed. It might be more comfortable for you to be on a team. Teams have smaller group settings. Uh, you might get more personalized training being on a team. Um, If you're not good at generating leads, maybe you don't have your own sphere, your own following of people, your own network to tap into, uh, then being on a team might actually work really well for you because the team leader has already done all of that work and they're basically just putting leads in your lap for you to work. And it's easier to you know, talk to your team leader opposed to sometimes reaching out to the broker to talk to, especially if you're in a brokerage that has a lot of people, 50 to 100 people. It might be hard getting that one-on-one time, whereas on a team with a team leader, you uh, have a better opportunity of learning from that team member, providing that they are training their, their team members. On a team leader type of team, it's like a brokerage under a brokerage. I really do feel like team leaders should be required to have an associate broker's license. Uh, Some states call it broker associate. Some states call it associate broker. But basically having a broker's license because there's so much that you learn about managing a team and it's super important. So I do believe that that should be a requirement, but usually it's not a requirement. If you are going to be a team lead, you do need to check with your real estate commission because you might need to register your team with them, your team name. So when is it time for you to jump ship and like say sayonara, I'm going solo. Like I said, teams have become so popular these days, there's teams everywhere. And if you started on the team with one vision of what you thought it was gonna be, and it's not necessarily like that, then maybe it might be time for you to leave the team and maybe go on to another team, interview some team leaders to see uh, how they run their team, how many leads they uh, provide their, their team members as well as what the average com- average commission GCI um, revenue each team member makes. So you might not wanna jump and go solo, but maybe you might wanna jump to another team. Totally up to you. But not all teams run effectively. So you might just go from a dysfunctional team and hopefully you're not going to another dysfunctional team. But jumping and going solo is totally different because there's no one that's feeding you a bunch of leads if you are on a good team. When you go solo, you're responsible for generating all of your own leads. Now, the brokerage that you're with, they may provide leads to you. A lot of brokerages don't provide leads. And as a salesperson and someone that's 1099 and 100% commission uh, based It's your responsibility to generate your own leads. So if you are on a team and you realize that, you know what? It's been a couple of years. I've built my own personal network of people. A lot of people know that I'm a realtor now. They see that I've closed deals and I've built up a great reputation in my area. And I believe that I will be able to go out on my own and be able to generate the leads. Then by all means, jump. I would say start at least six months before you're thinking about jumping off the team and really put a lot of focus on generating your own personal leads. And if you are able to generate your own leads during that time so that you can consistently close transactions and earn an income that's sufficient to support your lifestyle, then jump, go solo. When you go solo, you'll be responsible for all of the things that maybe your team might have taken care of, like the marketing um, systems that you use, uh, processes that have been put in place. Those are things that you're going to be responsible for duplicating in your own personal business once you go solo. Now, another reason a lot of people jump from a team and they decide to go solo is so that they can get that higher split. And again, I'll say it, if you're not generating your own leads and you're leaving the team just because you don't like the lower split, making something is better than making absolutely nothing. I've seen a lot of agents become realtors thinking that it's really easy to be a realtor and it is not. And they suffer. They are not able to close any transactions. They're not able to um, generate new leads and clients. And so I would hate to see you jump into going solo and then you're not able to support yourself. So yes, on a team, you'll have a lower split. When you go solo, you may have a higher split because you're not subjected to the team split. So let me talk about that because some people may not know what I'm talking about. So let me give you an example. If the brokerage that you are with Um, it could be 100% brokerage, it could be 80-20, it could be 70-30, whatever the split is, we'll use 80-20 because that's kind of in the middle. So if you're with a brokerage that is 80-20 and then you're on a team, so what happens is you technically are on an 80-20, but because you're on a team, your team leader takes a portion of that split. So you on the team, like maybe your own personal production is going to be at a 70-30 because the team lead is going to take that 10% difference because they need to give the brokerage uh, 80-20, but they're going to keep that difference between the 80 and the 70% that you would get. I hope that makes sense. If you are on the team and the team leader generates the leads and you're on a 50-50 split. So now the team lead gets that difference between 50% and 80%, which is 30% goes to the team leader. And it's only right if you're on a team that they spend a lot of money generating leads. Your team leader can spend thousands and thousands of dollars each month on generating leads for their team. So it's only right that they get reimbursed back for all of the efforts that they have made for you. So making something is better than making nothing. And if you're on a really good team that generates a lot of leads and you're closing deals, you're winning awards, maybe you should stay on that team. Unless you want to jump off the team and you want to replicate and duplicate that for yourself, that's great, but just know there's a cost to be the boss. I know I said that in another episode somewhere, but it's really true. Just make sure that you're able to um, generate enough leads for yourself to sustain you and your business. So ultimately, deciding to go solo is going to be up to you, of course. It's going to be a feeling, an instinct that you're ready to jump out there and do what it takes in order to generate your own leads, build your business, and build your own personal brand. Being on a team is also great if you're on a great team. So there's nothing wrong with being on a team. But maybe you uh, went on a team just to get the experience and you're ready to jump out on your own. And You realize like, you know what? I can start my own team. And that is also great. Starting your own team and building out, uh, getting additional income from your team members and teaching other newer agents potentially how to grow their business under your team. So that is it. Hopefully this was helpful for someone who didn't understand how teams work and who might be on a team and you're considering going solo. Uh, It's great. I'm not going to say anything bad for either one because being on a team might be great for one person. Being solo might be better for another person. It's all about personal preference, but just make sure that you understand the whole gravity of both situations, being solo and being on a team. So if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe if you're not already subscribed to my channel so that you can uh, get notified about these awesome videos that I post to help you as a realtor grow and scale your business. And like this uh, episode so that I know that you guys like episodes like this and I can make more episodes. So please like and subscribe. If you have any questions, comment below. I did see that there were some comments on another episode about the different, um, the different uh, roles in real estate besides being a realtor. And on my next episode, I believe it's going to be my next episode, I will be interviewing a loan officer who is with Legacy Home Loans. And if you've been watching the news, watching the social media news, then you know that Legacy Home Loans is, uh, they created a, a program to rival, I won't say rival, but similar to the Bank of America new program that came out that has no down payment. Well, this one has 1% down payment. So I am bringing on a loan officer who's my preferred loan officer that I've been working with. His name is Charles Wilson, and he's going to talk about just uh, the role of being a loan officer, how to become a loan officer. And he'll talk about that loan program. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss when that episode hits next week. But until then, hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.